Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. We have been in a sermon series on how to live and walk in the Spirit. And we talked about just briefly that walking in the Spirit is not some mystical experience. If you know that, say amen. It's not an experience for only super Christians. Amen. Walking in the Spirit is designed by God for every single Christian. Walking in the Spirit is simply choosing every day to listen to God's Word and God's voice. Putting one spiritual foot in front of the other, if you will, taking tiny steps toward God. And so while we're walking in the Spirit as Christians, we're expected to abide in Jesus and to bear fruit. So I've titled this sermon, we've got a lot to cover, I've titled this sermon, The Blessings of Abiding. I want you to get your pen and get your pad, maybe get your phone and take a pic of this outline, The Blessings of Abiding. I'm going to give you six points this morning on what abiding in Christ produces. Six points on what abiding in Christ produces. Number one, abiding in Christ produces the blessing of salvation. Abiding in Christ produces the blessing of salvation. Number two, abiding in Christ produces the blessing of fruitfulness. The blessing of salvation. The blessing of fruitfulness. Number three, abiding in Christ produces the blessing of answered prayer. Number four, abiding in Christ produces the blessing of abundant life, abundant life. Number five, the blessing of full joy. And number six, the blessing of security. Abiding in Christ produces the blessing of salvation, the blessing of fruitfulness, the blessing of answer prayer, the blessing of abundant life, the blessing of full joy, and the blessing of security. I told you we had a lot to cover today. I don't know. If we don't get all of them, maybe we'll pick up the rest next week. We'll see what happens. All right? John chapter 15. Let me turn to myself. John chapter 15 And we're going to pick up in verse 1. John chapter 15, saints, we're picking up in verse 1. You at home, we're picking up in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Amen. 
I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. In verse 4, can y'all read verse 4 with me? Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You can read if you like. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do a little stuff. What does it say, saints? And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear what to say. So you'll be my disciples. As the father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16 and 17 are crammed into one night. Chapter 13, and you can peruse there if you will. If you like, chapter 13, Jesus challenged the disciples to serve one another and he washed their feet. Chapter 14, in verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus goes on to say in chapter 14, he was going to leave, but he would send another comforter, the spirit of truth. And when the spirit of truth Comes, he's going to bring all things to remembrance. Chapter 15, we come to Jesus gives, and I want you to get that pen handy, saints. Jesus gives a metaphor of the vine and the branches. Jesus was the master, I think you know this, saints, don't you? Jesus was the master of metaphors, um, and particularly to describe a relationship between you as a believer and himself between the believer and himself. For example, Jesus is the king and we are his servants and subjects. Jesus is a shepherd and we are his what, saints? What, only some of y'all knew that? Jesus is a shepherd and we are what, saints? Thank you. Jesus is the head of the body and we are the body of Christ. One of the best metaphors is found right here in John chapter 15. As Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, abide in him and we'll bring forth fruit. And actually, if you go, go forward and read the chapter, it tells us that first of all, we'll bring forth fruit. And then it tells us later on in the chapter that we'll bring forth more fruit. And then it goes on in chapter 15 to say much fruit. So fruit, more fruit and much fruit as we abide in Jesus. Now, before we get to our outline... Let's talk a little bit about fruit, because fruit is mentioned six times in this chapter. I'll put it this way, six times in our text. 
and eight times in the chapter. What is fruit, Pastor Rodney? What is fruit? Fruit is the evidence, character, or manifestation of the nature of a thing. Want me to say that again? Fruit is the evidence, character, manifestation of the nature of a thing. Before fruit can be evidenced, manifested, it has to be attached to something. John 15, 4, look at it again. Jesus said, abide in me or attach yourself to me and you will bear forth fruit. Look at verse 8. Jesus tells us God is glorified when we bear or attach ourselves to Jesus. Fruit in the Bible is very important. And it is talked about, quite honestly, too many scriptures to go over this morning. But uh, there in the Old Testament, you'll find fruit uh, a major subject in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For example, in Hosea, Hosea chapter 14, verse 8, Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? Have I heard and observed him? I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. God is saying to Israel there in Hosea 14, I am the source of all fruit. Your fruit is found in me. And of course, in um, Psalm 1, oh, we all know it so well, don't we? A man who walks with God will bring forth fruit in its season. Proverbs 11, Proverbs 12 talks about the fruit of righteousness. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says the word of God is like a seed that is planted. And when that seed finds soil, it will bring forth fruit, some 30, 60, 100 fold. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Romans 7 verse 4 tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead that we might bear fruit. Ephesians 5 8 talks about the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 talks about the fruit of righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. The idea, saints, is that God desires, listen to me, for us to bear fruit. And part of walking in the spirit, if we are walking, Pastor, how does this relate to our series? If we are walking in the spirit, if we are loving God, if we are serving God, if we're in the word of God, if we are letting the spirit of God lead our lives, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to bear fruit. So John 15 has everything to do with the empowering and the moving of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're here this morning. Number one in our outline, fruit bearing produces, number one, what's our first point? Somebody tell me. The blessing of salvation. I want you to look at John fifteen four. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. A branch grows, listen to me, through its connection with the vine. We know that, right? We grow as we are connected to Jesus. No one is connected to Jesus by birth. Don't need to tell you that. Again, no one is born a Christian, not unless your last name is Christian. Other than that. No one is born a Christian. Somebody say amen. 
We are wild shoots destined for burning. Our connection with Jesus comes from being grafted into the vine by faith. Romans chapter 11. A branch has nothing apart from a branch is nothing apart from the vine. We are nothing apart from Jesus. A branch's resources and energy come from the vine. Our resources and energy come from Jesus. Our ability to bear fruit is because we have a supernatural union with the vine. You got your pen? The word abide means to settle down. It means to be at home. It means to uh, take your shoes off and relax. You know, every time I say take your shoes off, I think of the Beverly Hillbillies. Remember, see, that was when television was good. Nowadays, I don't know what people are watching. I'm not watching it. Remember, take your shoes off. What did it say? Sit right down. Set a spell. Stay a while. Love the Beverly Hillbilly. That's good TV right there. Y'all say amen. These young folk don't know what they're doing nowadays. I don't know. Y'all need to go back to the old TV. So abide means to, you got your pen, means to settle down. It means to be at home. It means to get comfortable and stay close to Jesus. Mr. and Mrs. Christian, have your theology. Have your apologetics. Have your eschatology. Have your uh, homiletics. Have your hermeneutics and all of your other ics. Amen. But people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That is the most profound theology. Let me say that again because you didn't hear me. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is the most profound theology. I think oftentimes we want to impress people with our knowledge of what I call ics, hermeneutics, homiletics. In all of our study, listen, people don't know how much you don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Caring for people begins with abiding in Christ. The branches that abide in the vine represent those that are truly saved. I think many Christians and many churches deceive themselves into thinking that because they have a large church or because they have 10,000 people or 100,000 people that everyone must be saved. If you have 100,000 people, I promise you not everybody is saved. But so often we think that, don't we? There's plenty of people in churches on Sunday morning not saved. Many husbands come to church because their wife wants them to. Many husbands look like they're being brought to church at gunpoint. Y'all should see, see where I, where, from where I'm sitting. They're sitting there looking like they're being, the wife is sitting there with the, with the Bible on her lap and a gun right here. It's all right. Y'all praying for me, aren't you? Many young people come to youth group because mom and dad want them to. They're not interested in knowing God personally. The Bible teaches only those who abide receive the blessing of salvation. Would you look at verse six in your Bibles, please? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, let me just encourage you. If you would like an in-depth teaching on verse 6, I think you can find it on the app. Go to the app, the verse-by-verse teaching of John chapter 15, and I deal specifically more in-depth with verse 6 because verse 6 is used 
uh, as a proof text that a uh, that a believer can lose their salvation. And they'll tell you, well, the verse says right here, if you don't abide, then you're going to be cast into the fire. And many people tell you a believer can choose not to abide and lose their salvation. If you want more clarity, uh, go visit uh, that particular teaching. Listen, the Bible is clear. Let me give it to you short and sweet. The Bible is clear. A true believer can never be thrown away. Somebody say amen. John chapter 6. This is a memory verse for all Christians. John six thirty seven. All that the father gives me, I will come to him. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. If a person is cast out, that was John six thirty six. write that down. If a person is cast out and burned, that means that person was never a real disciple. Now, there are plenty of people in plenty of churches. They come every week. They serve. They, they, they worship with the same songs that you do and they hear the same sermon that you do and they give to the church and they participate in ministry and missions and all of these things and they're not saved. There are plenty of people in the church who are among us, but they are not with us. Right? Nothing new under the sun. First John 2.19 First John two nineteen, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. Can y'all help me read this morning? For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. So John even tells us here. Who do you think of when you read this verse? Judas. Judas heard the same sermons that Jesus preached. Judas worshiped uh, along with, with the other disciples. Judas participated in communion. Jesus washed Judas' feet. And first John tells us that, yeah, they were with us, but not really. They were not of us. Simple. If a person is truly born again, the Holy Spirit of God has the Holy Spirit of God in them. They will remain. And if they don't remain, then they are not saved. Now, I want you to hear me because this is important. Because that sounds harsh in this culture we live in. Nowadays, you can't say anything that anybody doesn't like, because if you do, then you're not being sensitive. Are you praying for me? You're not being sensitive. Jesus wasn't sensitive. Let's get that right. I don't think we need to be disrespectful and harsh and sincerest and judgmental. No, we don't need to be that way, but we do need to say what the word of God says. And we need to conversely not say what the word of God does not say. So the Bible makes it very clear. We like to complicate it. We like to look at a person and say, oh, well, they were saved, but they fell away. Tell y'all something. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. So many years ago, it might have been 23 years ago. I actually had an assistant pastor serving alongside of me in ministry. And now we are, you know, 20, you know, 26 years later now. And I come to learn, say, in the last five years that he is an 
ardent opponent against Christianity. Ardent. Committed his life to destroying the Christian faith. He was an assistant pastor. Taught the word. Actually, he wasn't a bad teacher. Taught the word. So what happened? You could look at him and say, oh, well, he lost his salvation. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible makes it very clear. We want to complicate it. Well, you know, he might have, he probably fell off and then he got back on, but then he was saved, but then he was not. We want to complicate it. Listen, the Bible makes it very simple, people. You either know him or you don't. And if you do not abide and you fall away, then you obviously were never connected to the vine in the first place. You still praying for me? We look at people and say, man, they were serving. They were faithful, bearing fruit in the ministry. And now they turn back. They're back on God. Listen, they weren't saved. You cannot lose your salvation. A couple of reasons. Number one, you didn't give yourself salvation. You didn't gain salvation on your own. You believed God and received the grace of God. And by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Lest any of us will try to brag about it. Is that right? So the question, did they really have a salvation? Maybe they were just looking like fake fruit. Amen. Maybe it was just fake fruit. Maybe the, the, the fruit that we were looking at, you know, the Bible studies and the serving and the involvement. Maybe that was just fake fruit. You know, some fake fruit look really real. I'm a 70s kid. Anybody from the 70s, y'all all know fake fruit was a part of the decor. Come on, wave at me if you even know what I'm talking about. Fake fruit, fake fruit, fake fruit. We had some good looking fake fruit. <laughs> they don't even sound like you go together. Those are good looking fake fruit. Yeah, we have paneling. Y'all, paneling. Y'all remember paneling? Then when you didn't want to replace the paneling, you painted the paneling. Anybody <laughs> fake fruit. Fake fruit. Sometime fake fruit and fake fruit is a real disappointment, isn't it? Then they start making the fruit look real. You remember that Grandma Betty? You had we had a bowl of it. <laughs> well, I love me so Grandma Betty. What'd you say, Grandma Betty? You had a bowl of it. You had a fake fruit on the table. You might got something right now, don't you? <laughs> Grandma Betty said, "No, I don't." <laughs> Because she's stylish like that. But some of that fake fruit looked real, didn't it? Plastic. Looked like real fruit. Take your pen, take your pen. Write this down, write this down. The root determines the fruit. Bad root means bad fruit. Good root means good fruit. If there's no root, there will be no fruit. The root determines the fruit. 
So you say, Pastor Rodney, how do I get a good root system? How do you bear fruit? Let's put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. How do I bear fruit? Well, you bear fruit by coming to worship. You bear fruit by hanging around other Christians. How about that? Develop roots when you fellowship. You develop roots when you come to men's study and women's study. And that's why we we promote it. So every single week, this is one announcement we talk about all the time. Not because we need to build up attendance, that's a wonderful thing, but more importantly, you cannot become a strong Christian, you can't be a good, a strong believer, and you can't have a good root system without fellowship and connection. I'm talking about walking in the Spirit and how to live and walk in the Spirit without connection to Jesus and to one another. You develop roots by hanging around people who think like you. That's not to the exclusion of people who don't think like you because we have to be salt and light and you can't be salt and light if we all just kind of huddle together like one little amoeba. You know, we just huddle together and we never talk to anybody else and we never go, you know, to the hangout at places and y'all know what I'm talking about. So so let's be mindful that we're not um, uh, becoming hermits and just, you know, uh, uh, staying together. But but we can't have fellowship with the world at the same time. Having fellowship and going to hang out is a different thing. I, I want to have time to develop that, but I don't. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.